Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name's Anthony. How's it going, Anthony? It's going very well. Very well. It's a Thursday. Which is not a normal streaming day, but it is what it is. Funny story about today. It's 721. You can divide 21 by 7. It's July 21st. Got it. Okay. This is the third week. You can count exactly. <laughs> the third week in the month. Speaking of the third week we watched the the third of something what was it what did we watch oh, is that is that what you're doing is that how yeah. we're doing the intro today yeah. <laughs> we watched fp3 escape from baco in case you um haven't noticed ladies and gentlemen the format changes from day to day yes it does here on the sci-fi wise guys we watch and review independent straight to stream movies television shows short films what have you as long as it's science fiction and straight to stream or science fiction adjacent we're going to watch it and this i think is probably the greatest example of our mission statement. Sometimes we lose the forest for the trees, I think. And sometimes we don't always adhere to the the rule set that was given to us by the sci-fi godfathers. But FP3, Escape from Baco, nails it. It does nail it. Before we get too far in, let's do some housekeeping, huh? Sure, sure. This is our second annual JTRO July. Uh, last year, last July, we... We watched and reviewed five different movies by filmmaker Jason Trost. Probably too many. We probably packed too many <laughs> movies into that month because now this year we're only doing two. We're trying to spread it out. I think uh, we put everything into the first year because we were like, well, maybe we do another, maybe we don't. So this movie released since then. Next week we'll be watching, deliberately watching, a non-sci-fi movie for the first time with his comedy slash reality TV satire parody movie, Wet and Reckless. Very excited. That will be a bonus episode, as it is definitely not science fiction. Uh, but I think you have uh, something to read, something to share, Chris. Yeah, we have a new iTunes review. Five stars. Thank you, Pop Etymology. Uh, posted on 7-8-2022. Smart and funny sci-fi. I listen to help you keep up with huge amount of sci-fi out there today with all the streaming services. The hosts are funny and insightful. Uh, uh, it's a great way to f <laughs> to feel as if you've watched all the various shows and movies. Gives you the cliff notes, so to speak. And of course, it's helpful to find out if it's something you want to watch. Thank you for that generous compliment. <laughs> yes. They called us funny, <laughs> insightful. We do. I think our official description says that we're insight slash comedy podcast, which really just makes us liars. <laughs> we got to sucker them in. We got to. Yeah. In. We're like, hey, yeah, hey. Do you want to laugh? Speaking of some housekeeping. At us. People, if you can't see it, if you listen to this at a later date, but in the uh, top left-hand quadrant of my screen, we've got a Sci-Fi Wise Guys t-shirt for Anthony, and then I'm hey. actually wearing one right now. This is our first merch. Hey, look, you took our logo and put it on a, a yeah. t-shirt. Maybe one day you can uh, bid on this shirt that I've worn. <laughs> no one Maybe. wants Who knows? Who knows? sweat-stained t-shirt. Someone will. Someone will buy it. Yeah. Uh... Sure. Where can they go to buy those shirts, man? Well, they can't right now. <laughs> yeah. Nope. We made shirts for ourselves. <laughs> ha, but this is just ha, the ha. the first round, the first round of samples that we wanted to look at. You know, maybe sometime soon in the future we'll have a something that's more available. These are your alpha release, right? Yeah. Even if if they so choose, man, we are in pre-production. Uh, <laughs> Dude, our entire podcast, <laughs> our entire podcast is pre-production. <laughs> All right. Let's roll into the actual Let's let's do this. We got so this is so interesting because 
I feel like I have a, so much to say, and this is one of the shortest movies we've ever watched. Excellent length. As we did last J. Cho July, warning now before we go any further, uh, we'll be drinking. There will be beverages. Uh, we will be saying a lot of things from the movie. Uh, we will be jumping right into that explicit R-rated language uh, that we usually avoid on the podcast. Uh, but we watched, as we've already said, FP3, Escape from Baco. Check out that wonderful box art. That poster is amazing. <laughs> the art in this movie, the drawn art, kind of the comic book style, is fantastic. Uh, one of the special features on the DVD is actually like making of the poster, like a, a uh, oh, what do you call it when they, they go really fast? A sped up. A time lapse? A time lapse. There you go. I'm not even one drink in. I can't, can't remember any <laughs> of my words. My, my quattro is not going to run dry tonight. <laughs> And it's it's really, really interesting. It's really, really fun. Snow in our, our chat here saying that the art was actually fan art. It was. Um, I believe that they were like, commissioned in some way. I don't know all mm. the details, um, but it was a fan. I remember when he first when he first posted that art on Twitter, I was like, man, why does LWE kind of look like Skeletor? <laughs> and then he, was, uh, he just kind of was like, I don't know. Why? Uh, why? I don't know. Why would he? Yeah, why? Why does he look like Skeletor? Because he's totally like. If if you don't know, <laughs> like. <laughs> All right. Look. Look. This movie poster we... is fantastic for a this lot of movie... reasons, but for, it's very yes. it's retro. I think the caricatures are all really great. The contrast. Uh, yes. The coloring. <laughs> the undrunks at the bottom. The undrunks at the bottom. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, do you want to go ahead and give the people a blurb? Jatro and Fam embark on their most dangerous mission yet, forcing them to battle foes from the past in order to save their future from a calamity that threatens to wipe humanity off the most sucking face of the earth. For Evs. For Evs. Now, <laughs> I took the liberty of pulling... <laughs> I took the liberty of pulling the plot intro, plot description, the prompt, whatever you call, want to call it, the scrolling words from the beginning of the movie took a screenshot and I think it's a much better blurb. So okay. allow me to read this to the people or do you want to read it to the people? No, 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 read it. The wet shit is coming. <laughs> a never ending storm of sobriety from which there ain't no cure has swept over the most sucking earth. Rolling up from the ruins of Baco, a beat beat prison city from the old world that lies beyond the wastes, deep AF out on the edge of the known earth. If the wet shit cannot be stopped, and it swallows the FP whole, all who remain will turn stone cold sober for Fs. <laughs> uh, so when we talk about the, so the opening scene for this movie after the three drink minimum warning is uh, Jatro and Chai T. Hold on. Can we get that? That's the text, text mm -hmm. screen, that title screen or whatever that was called, whatever that is in media res. That's just yeah, yeah, a straight yeah. up. That's a straight up rip off of Conan the Barbarian. The movie. Well, with yeah, did you not see? Did you not see Beats of Rage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, of course. But yeah, <laughs> they did. Or, they did it again. You, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Why not? I mean, the first FP starts with scrolling text. That's fair. I'm not disagreeing with that. So I actually I watched all three movies back to back to back. I adhered. Yes, back to back to back. I adhered to the drink minimums for each movie, which was probably not a good idea on a on a school night. And uh, here we are talking about it. So I want to talk about the, the world. I want to do a little world building for the people here. Okay. When we talk about they will all turn stone cold sober, they 
approach at the beginning of the movie, they approach a field full of the stone cold sober and it's just people turned into stone statues. <laughs> now, Jatro and Chaiti are protected because they have gas masks. And instead of the, the, the normal gas canisters, they have a duck claw, which looks like white claw. Uh, cans <laughs> no, screwed into each side of it and it is it is amazing so it's not just like ooh, we want to stay drunk it's like they will die without booze without the quattro as it were man i love this movie <laughs> <laughs> it's so great it is also very very different from the first two movies i feel like so far every fp movie has been uh, its own kind of unique entry in the story i, I will like they, they jump forward in time each time more or less. I think there's a 10-year gap between the FP and then Beats of Rage. And then there's anywhere between a year to 20 years. Like there's, because there's time travel in this movie. Spoiler alert. The timeline's a little fuzzy. You know, they, it's a they, bit don't have fuzzy. An, they don't have an official records keeper in the apocalypse. You know what I mean? No, they don't. No, they don't. It's pretty rare that we talk about sequels on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. We don't really... I mean, we, we do Star Trek, but I think that's pretty much in the zeitgeist. And we'll do all the episodes, right? There's series follow-ups. Sure. but like, And sometimes I think we've watched sequels, but we didn't watch the previous movie. Mm. Our, the, what's the one with Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger? A V2 or Iron yeah. Mask? Yeah. yeah, Iron Mask, yeah. Didn't V2. realize because it wasn't billed <laughs> as a sequel. That didn't ruin my enjoyment of that movie at all. Mm-mm. In no way. <laughs> yeah, no way. Uh, Jackie Chan versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really, Jackie Chan versus Arnold Schwarzenegger's stunt double. Uh, not bad. <laughs> that was cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm calling it like I see it, man. I'm calling it like cold. I see it. They were both having a blast and making some money. I'd like to take a moment and talk about FP1 and 2. We did review those movies. You can pause right now, go watch the entire trilogy, or, you know, better yet, watch the first movie, listen to our podcast, watch the second movie, listen to our podcast, watch the third movie, come listen to this episode of the podcast. If you're watching this live, just hang out for a while. And then listen to all the other ones that you haven't listened to. And then, yeah, then go back, uh, start with Cyborg X, and then just randomly pick other episodes. <laughs> the order doesn't matter. No, but it's been a year since we we talked about those movies. So I thought we could do a quick plot breakdown for FP1 and 2, so we understand who these characters are, the world building, etc. So FP1, VFP, Jason Trost's first full-length film, uh, co-directed with his brother Brandon Trost. His sister, Sarah Trost, designed all of the costumes. Uh, maybe even in this film as well, I have to double-check. The FP movies take place in a post-apocalyptic Earth in which groups of people, in the first movie it's basically gangs of teenagers or young 20-somethings, battle for territory and booze through a dance game called Beat Beat Revelation, essentially DDR. But not copyrighted. But not yeah. copyright, exactly. In no a, way. A game that is similar, but it completely copyright distinctive from yes. DDR. There's no similarities <laughs> between them at all. <laughs> no, none at all. Not at all. The first movie is very much uh, a parody or maybe a little bit of a satire on like your typical sports movie, I feel, or like Rocky, right? Jatro suffers a loss. Yeah. And then he goes away, but then he comes back to fight for the people because they're bringing booze back from the underground. Yeah. Jatro is kind of like that character from the movie Code 8. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a deep <laughs> sci-fi wise guy's cut right there. That was a deep cut. That was a real deep cut. No, but for sure, Jatro fulfills all of the, the stereotypes for like 8 Mile. 
He's sure. it, like yeah. very, very, very much B rabbity. Uh, I mean, like the the two movies I think started the exact same sequence: being in a bathroom, looking at a mirror, and then throwing up. Mm-hmm. Natty ice candles, you know, <laughs> lining the bathroom at the the foundation, the club they're in. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of Top Gun. There's a lot yeah. of um, Days of Thunder in this movie. Absolutely, which yeah. those are the same movie. You just one has cars <laughs> and one has planes, but whatever. Yeah, it's definitely a love story while also kind of parroting the machoism of the 80s to a ridiculous degree. And then they layered on slang, is I guess the best way of putting it. Everyone talks in a very specific type of slang to which you will, there will be lines that you just don't understand the first time you're watching it, especially if you're not using subtitles, that you will be, you'll be lost about like, what did they say? You'll get the broad strokes. And J. Tro very much plays the straight man for most of the movie. I mean, like, uh, it's going to be high praise, but it is Tolkien-esque where like he just essentially created like a new way to speak. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, well, there's just, there's so many things that (laughs) like... Yeah. Uh, what did she say? Uh, I had to. I'd have to drop a stack of Lincolns. <laughs> Usually, a bitch has got to drop a whole stack of Lincolns to see a show that good. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he just he invented a new way to talk. So and it's it was very. It's amazing. It's, it's a major part of the movie because this is like the best of his shot cheap films. Like I don't want to say that this was a cheap movie, but out of all of his inexpensive ones, the FP mm-hmm. is probably the best. I think it looks better than the ghost movie. It has a higher budget, I think, than most of his films. Sure, sure. It's independent, but it's not just him making it like the sequels where he's, it's crowdfunded, you know? Right. So it, it has a different feel to it, for sure. I just meant like How to Save Us and All Superheroes Must Die. Oh, sure. I think this is the one that was the most successful because it looks the best, you know? It's also very unique. Sure. Yeah, they're dressed in 80s, 90s clothing. They have their unique way of talking. And it's hitting all these story beats that you've seen a million times before. Of course. And it's both making fun of them and praising them at the same time. It, it hits a sweet spot. I will say for anyone who's like, oh, maybe I'll go see this movie. To say a few mildly negative things about it, just so we're a little bit well-rounded with our discussion here. And this movie that is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I love it. It would not be made today as is. No. <laughs> I don't think it would uh, come out in 2022. came out in 2011. It's full of white kids using the N-word, semi-ironically. KCDC is Asian, but the rest of the main characters are white, and their slang is kind of based in Ebonics, and so they're using it casually like you would hear in a rap video or any other whatever. It works as satire. It works as kind of a parody of of that culture of the suburban white kid trying to be gangsta, because I know what's going on for my, you know, small town of 2000 people up in the mountains of California. I'm yeah. street. I'm I got cre- yeah. like, they talk about street cred and politics the whole time. Like it's definitely parodying that it's not coming from a place of malice in the slightest. However, the political climate in 2022 is very different than it was in the 2010s when this movie was made. There's also a sexual assault scene near the end of the movie. It, I, I'm going to give myself flack for this, but it's as close to what I would call a mild sexual assault scene. As the word's not played for laughs or anything like that, but a few people might be put off by that. It is very minor and very, very brief near the end of the movie. Something that didn't, when I first saw it in 2011, didn't really stick out to me. But as I've, you know, I'm no longer in my 20s. Uh, yeah. I'm no longer what I would call young. Uh, it's well, kind I mean, of stuck I- out to me. As you become wiser. Yes. As you become wiser, I'm like, mm, you, you know, get, maybe you that's get, the one time where he maybe crossed the line. You know, he's he's 
creating this world in this film. So, I mean, yeah, there's a few missteps with the satire and the parody. Overall, I still think it's worth watching, but if that's something that really, really bothers you or triggers you, then it maybe not. Do you want to talk about Beats of Rage? I'm sorry, I went on a rant. No, it's fine. I thought it was a. I thought it was good. I mean, do you disagree with my analysis no, in any way? I, I mean, like, there's nudity where, oh, like, there's like a yeah. single. I think there's like one or two shots of nudity, which I mean, spoilers. It's just a. It's just a woman's breasts hanging out of a shirt. It is rated for that, and I think yeah. that when you see something rated for language versus, you know, of course, yeah. I mean, just just so you know, like, if you if you're if you decide to watch this movie with family. Don't do up. that. Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> Don't do that at all. Like, yeah. watch this movie with your buddies, with your yeah. friends that you know are are gonna laugh or on the same level. Don't watch this with your mom. Well, I mean, like, I mean, you could have like a cool brother or sister or cousin. Oh, know. when I think family, yeah. I think yeah. No, this grandma. is not a Disney movie. No, <laughs> very much rated R. Yes, <laughs> it's not a Disney movie. But the FP two makes a significant change in the slang. The word ninja is substituted for. Uh, the various instances of the the other phrase. It also is a stark departure in what I would call art style. Maybe not art style, but like um, it it becomes grander. It becomes a much bigger movie. There's a seven year gap. I mean, between 2011 and 2018. So, and I don't know how many of these shots were shot over that time period. But in the original FP, all the shots are like we're in a building or we're in someone's like really dirty ass house. There's there's not a whole lot of like office buildings or anything. I mean, th- there is a fight outside of a like gas station that's been converted into some someone's weird collection of cars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but beats of rage, like I think we spend a lot of time in nature, the wastes. Yeah, there's the mysticism starts to sink in. You you soon learn that like J Tro is small potatoes in the FP. And in the FP2, he kind of like grows into this, like, I don't know, like he's a D&D character, right? Like this is essentially just a fantasy game at this point. Yeah. We've got our our male lead. Spoilers. He has some more family join. There's some wonderful additions to the the story's lore. You can't call them ninjas, man. <laughs> oh, what am I supposed to call them in today's current political climate? <laughs> Ninjawas. <laughs> um, also another word that has no chance of ever being copyrighted. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, the FB two like it. it, Even the movie poster—I don't know if you have it pulled up on the screen already, or if I missed it—is much more of what you would consider like a video game poster. Very much a parody of Streets of Rage, of course. Like if you're just looking at the cover, it it definitely leans into that '80s vibe. I think we're like post-apocalypse outrun. Yeah, there's uh. These, these wizards, <laughs> for lack of, I don't know what else to call them. They're wizards. witches, man. Uh, witches, oh, yeah. man. No, nah, I'm out, dog. I don't do witch shit. <laughs> well, I don't do bitch shit. Let's go. That's um, my favorite line from the movie. <laughs> but yeah, no, this um, it, it's a different movie, but it still follows all the same beats. Sure. I, I really enjoyed the second one. My favorite bit that they don't acknowledge in the second movie is that, you know, Brandon Herrera is eight years older and has grown a beard, but he's a ghost. So his he died in the opening scene of the first movie. He shows up as a ghost or a vision in this movie, but he's like grown a full beard and is obviously <laughs> aged with gray hair. But no one talks about it. They're just like, yeah, that's how that's how ghosts work, right? Like that's... Well, I mean, maybe he reached <laughs> like, what's the FP's version of Valhalla, 
right? Dude, I, yeah, who knows? Maybe he got past that guy and he's in Sovngarde now. And and you maybe you age as a ghost. Maybe you age as a ghost? Do you think so? Yeah. yeah like, well, maybe? you're just a spirit now. Like, you live in a different realm. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, there's rain that makes you so stone-cold sober, you turn to stone. I mean, well, why to say that that's not possible? You got to keep that, keep that wet shit out of my face. You know, I'm allergic to that. It's something we haven't talked about, and I've quoted him a couple of times now. And the first two movies, the sidekick, like the the guide in the first movie slash sidekick in the second movie, KCDC, played by the wonderful Art Sue. Shout out. He is amazing. His delivery, his cadence, just his presence is fantastic in these first two films. Out of all of the actors, I feel like he is in it. All, like sometimes I feel like he's in it more than Jatro, but I think that's part of that is because Jatro is playing the straight man a lot of times. <laughs> he <laughs> he's he just steals every scene. Oh yeah, every scene that he's in, like your eyes are on KCDC. He's <laughs> this weird combination of a bunch of other characters from like various similar stories. Like I wouldn't even say he's like an Obi Wan. He's not even like a mentor. Like he's just a helpful guide. Kind of like C-3PO, but you don't want to blow him up. Yeah, like a non-annoying C-3PO. Yeah. Which is the highest praise I can give someone. And, yeah. and and I think when we say he has the funniest lines, that's not even really true. It's just that when you take his lines and combine it with his delivery and presence, he makes them the funniest lines. Yeah. It's not a joke character. I mean, LWE has some amazing lines in the first movie. Amazing. And he has some of the best slang uh, and insults in the first movie. Politics, bitch. Well, I'm out here ghost riding and shit. Like he's he's amazing, but but KCDC, the mystical hype man, definitely backs up the film, and that that leads us into FP3, where I think the the biggest fault of FP3, Escape from Baco, is there is significantly less KCDC. FP3 has a short, well, I guess we would call it a short runtime for a feature length film, coming in at 69 minutes. Nice. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Like I knew it. And I meant to like pause and give you time. And then I forgot. It's coming in at 69 minutes. And I think the story behind the creation of this film was pretty interesting. They filmed a lot of the intro scenes to the movie with Jaytro's daughter, Chaitro, and her birthday in that party um, pretty early, uh, late 2019, uh, using a service called Silver Screen Muggers, where people could basically pay to be extras on the film and you know, thus be an extra so they don't have to worry about that, but also help fund the film. Almost all the people you see at the beginning of the movie who are just in the party, just kind of doing things with their own costumes, those are fans of this movie who built their own costumes and drove, flew, whatever, traveled to California to be in the movie for these scenes, which I think is amazing. And I'm real upset I didn't know that was happening when it happened because I would have done it. Same. <laughs> 100%. Then, as we know, late 2019, early 29, COVID hits. Jason Trost and his wife, who's in the film, playing his wife at this point i guess uh tale wickham well i don't i mean the concept of marriage in the in the post-apocalypse is fluid like they're together <laughs> sure his significant yeah. other slash baby yeah. mama his partner his sure tale wickham which plays chai tea uh they live in australia which is under harsher lockdowns than a lot of other places in the world and so they had to pivot they had this movie to make they had been funded they need to make the movie, but suddenly they're stuck at home and they can't really do anything about it. And unlike a lot of these bigger films that ended up going straight to stream that we've been able to review or are Tom Cruise driven and can just delay two or three years, 
they had to make this movie. Like this is this is their livelihood. So I, they were planning to demolish their house anyways. And so they cleared everything out of a room, I think the living room, and painted an entire wall, part of the ceiling, part of the floor, green. And a lot of this movie is filmed right there with a green screen. They had one other prop maker who just used his garage halfway across the world to make props. He, being Jason Trost, made miniatures in his garage. A lot of the the big swooping shots of the movie are are made using miniatures that he built uh, and then added CGI effects to. You know, I, I do wonder like, oh, what version of this movie would we have gotten if it weren't for the lockdowns and the pandemic and, and all of that. At the same time, I'm super impressed with what they were able to make under such unique conditions. I would say they thrived under it. Release yeah. the J-Tro cut. Yeah. Well, the thing is they filmed FP3 and FP4 at the same time. So FP4 have a similar vibe. Well, maybe not the same vibe as far as filmmaking, but it'll have the same kind of processes. Sure. Uh, he's he's talked on social media about how he learned a lot making FP3, and FP4 will be just that much better because of it. So super stoked for that. So it's just kind of going to the film, like it feels different. I feel like Jason Trost is a supporting character all of a sudden. Jaytro is a supporting character to his uh, 18-year-old daughter, Chaitro, played by one Lib Campbell. She's got 14 credits. Of which one, two, three, four, five, five out of the 14 are Jason Trost joints. <laughs> they collaborate often. Yeah. Now, all the way back to uh, All Superheroes Must Die 2, The Last Superhero, which uh, is a movie I really enjoyed. Apparently, she was in Beats of Rage. Maybe she was one of the uh, teenagers at the very beginning of the movie. I have to remember who Pepper Snig is. Uh, <laughs> she was in Corona House, which we'll, we're not, we have not watched yet. It's a kind of a pseudo sequel to Wet and Reckless. So we'll be pushing that off. And then, of course, she's in FP3 and 4. How did you... I mean, we're pivoting into talking about this movie. We're kind of we're ruining our entire... <laughs> Do we have a format? Whatever. If we had a format, it's gone. It's done. Let's just count those as... Um, those are the facts. <laughs> I like that. I yeah, like that. sure. Those are the that, facts. That yeah. whole thing you did was the facts. I'll go ahead and finish them off. 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb based on 44 ratings. Mine is already on there, which is a 10. The user ratings on IMDb for FP3 Escape from Baco 100% back up my belief that 1 out of 10 people are dumb. 9.1% <laughs> of people rated this a 1. That's about right. Idiots. Idiots. I'm breaking our format even more, Chris. You ready? Okay. Okay. Idiot of the movie. These four people <laughs> right here. One hundred percent. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't say I agree, but uh, sure. I, this is a movie that I'm not going to say you made me watch, but that's just the way it falls in the calendar. So I'll go ahead and give my initial thoughts and opinions. We watched this movie originally. This is the second time that I've seen this. We had a party at your house, I believe, last yes. year. Early this year, late last year, something yeah, like that. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. And I knew going into it that, that what had happened to the production, but I didn't know to what degree. I wasn't really told. Mm. And I can say that like, while I don't think it was my favorite movie of the three, I want to say it's probably got like the... Like the most effort has been put into oh, it. Sure. This is a labor of love. Like you can tell in the in all the different scenes, all the different sequences, like having to having to play DDR constantly to make a ship run, like that's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Just the devotion to the costuming. 
the prop making, the set dressing. I think like he's a better filmmaker because of it. Everyone involved is better at their job. Would you say, if I could kind of take your words and twist them a little bit, would you say that you feel like this movie has the highest production value out of the three? I mean, strictly based on the facts, I would have to say yes, because I guess that's all the time that they had. Yeah. But I think the FP1 probably like still looks the best, like even to this day. Yeah. Hmm. Like I just, like just the way it was shot. But yeah, it's my opinion. (laughs) Someone put three out of 10 stars on one of these reviews and it just says, I is sad, yo. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) I think overall, I did enjoy it. I think there's a lot of things to like. Maybe some of the first person sequences of him getting punched. Or punching other people, maybe just a little too long, and maybe that was intentional. I didn't necessarily enjoy that. We talked about how Beats of Rage is kind of an homage to a lot of video games. Like you're on this epic quest, playing this kind of I don't want to say role playing game, but a big adventure game, and and this is very much similar. They're wearing power gloves. Just call it Duck a Duck. There's like a, a total homage to Mortal Kombat. Last five minutes of the movie where they're standing on the bridge. So uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Obviously, I mean, I've let the cat out of the bag. I love this movie. Uh, I love all of, like, even the Jason Trost movies that I've been critical of, I still have really enjoyed. He's an extremely talented filmmaker. Uh, He's only gotten, like, it's weird. This is going to be a weird thing to say, but I don't think he's a better actor now than he was at the beginning because I think he's a fantastic actor. And I think it just, it all comes across. But his ability, his direction and production have gotten incrementally and sometimes huge jumps and leaps better over the years. I think the one movie that we were both critical of, I think most people were critical of, All Superheroes Must Die, is still a good indie film. Like, I really liked it. I'm glad it got a sequel. I'm hoping it gets more to it. Um, although, judging from him talking about it, the whole experience kind of soured his his mind or his uh, his want to do more superhero films. But even then, like I liked it. I like that every FP movie is different has a different vibe, a different feel. His character is different and is at different stages of his life throughout the movie uh, or throughout the series, I should say. The, I mean, the first one, he's the young guy, right? Just coming in, figuring things out. And the second one, there's a ton of jokes about I'm too old for this shit. I can't deal with this. Why are you coming to me again? I'm done. I'm tired, right? Three days from retirement. Yeah. <laughs> and the third movie, he's... In a, I, I, I know you you said marriage is a weird concept, but I would describe it as kind of maybe a little bit of an estranged marriage. He's dealing with grief and loss even more so than maybe in the other films. But he's he takes his own advice. It's interesting. He takes his own advice. He passes on that advice uh, to his daughter and ends up just like I mean the beginning of the movie pre time travel, which is such a weird statement to say. Pre and post time travel, he's a happy, well adjusted person and then during the time travel bits we're like see him get to that point and then there's also that paradox where he gives advice to his daughter who then goes back in time and gives him the same advice telling him that she heard it from him and then in the future him remembering those events gives the advice to her it has the the staple time travel paradox of well who said it first like where did this come from who knows i would disagree a little bit Uh oh i haven't even finished I do believe that he has become a better actor because hmm. I think, Jason, if you ever listen to this, it's nothing personal. There's a little too much snarl. Like, I think there's like a little too much of like an effort to be like, be tough. Like in the, the beginning? Yeah. Okay. Throughout the, the series, he doesn't really have it so much in how to save us. There's just like, like, I don't want to call it grunting because it's, <laughs> it's not grunting. 
but like it's just a little too tough. Like scale it back. You're Jetro. You're the coolest cat in the waste. Like when I say he hasn't gotten better, I mean he probably has. But I'm not an actor, and I don't know. I can judge an actor in one of three ways, right? One is, oh, wow, that was really bad. And even I, a layman, know it was bad. Then there's a huge middle section, which uh, he's definitely in, where it's like, yep, that was believable and good, and it didn't break my suspension of disbelief. Fantastic. I believe that person was that character the entire movie, TV show, whatever it is. And then there's there are some actors where I'm like, wow, holy crud. They, wow, that was amazing. And that's that's about, well... I would say that was pretty rare before I started watching all these bad movies for the podcast. Now it's a toss up whether or not the bad acting or the good acting. But that's that's what I mean. It's not that like he was never a bad actor. He was a good actor. And as a layman, a non-filmmaker, I couldn't tell you all of the differences. But as far as his filmmaking ability, his direction, the uh, filmography, I can definitely see a progression where he's gotten better. Does yeah, that, that make sense? Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I don't I disagree just, with you at all. I'm yeah. probably wrong. I just clarify my position, I guess. Yeah, go continue your... I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> that's probably for the best. Probably. If we can break down the plot real quick. Sure. I mean, it's only an hour long, so... Because, uh, yeah, it, we said it was 69 minutes, but there's nice. 30 to 45 seconds of uh, intro, maybe upwards to 60, and then the credits start at minute 62. And then there's a short post credit scene that I, I don't know what's happening there, but I'm really looking forward to finding out. It's Chitro's 18th BD, but she's never been taught how to beat off as she laments. Uh, for context, beating off is the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the dance battling. Yes. It's the so, verb. Yeah. Yeah. It's the act of playing beat beat revolution is beating off. Just so you know. Yes. That's not important. Whether you know that or not, it doesn't really change how you understand the plot. Although, like, I, I watched all three of these movies. I still laugh. 11 years later, Jaytro walks out of the foundation after waking up from being knocked unconscious by a baseball bat. LWE, I challenge you to a beat-off. What? <laughs> Tears in my eyes. They show her an ancient shrine, an ancient beat-beat machine. She uses it for the first time. Remixes time. I guess it's like like a, a remix of a song in DDR. They re She remixes time, goes back in time. What, like 16, 17 years or so? Because she's still alive. So sometime within her own lifetime. And helps her parents in the past reconcile their marriage. Chase after LWE and Atro, or slash AK-47, the villains from the last two movies. Uh, finally turn Atro uh, to the good side and defeat LWE, who has shed his human body for his true robot form. Defeat him before he can destroy the Earth. And they also, I guess, commit to closing the booze mines because they're harming the earth and they only now have renewable green booze. <laughs> uh, there's also some uh, Donkey Kong Country style beat pods and ships that are powered through DDR, like Chris mentioned, that are shaped suspiciously like glass beer bottles with stuff taped to them as they're going. They're chasing them across the valleys of California. Oh, no I guess we haven't also said it. Escape from Baco. Baco is Bakersfield. They turned all of Bakersfield into a beat beat prison. I love it. Uh, then she travels back into the future, and then it ends kind of uh, on a cliffhanger. They're going to fight a huge army of the undrunk. I still don't. I still don't understand what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it twice, and I'm, I'm just like, yeah. so. Uh, why is there a spinning asteroid? <laughs> oh, so the asteroid hit the Earth. 
That's what caused part of the apocalypse. Right, right, right. And it's what's going to destroy everything is because LWE, like his father before him, L-E-D, and his father before him, (laughs) L-E-C, you know, they worshipped it. And he's he's praying to it with his little dance (laughs) to try to get it to destroy the earth with the purple mist, which I guess makes people sober. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like, was that was that actually Lee Val Massey? Yes. Okay. Ask me why they made him a robot. Uh, why'd they make him a robot? Because they were like, hey, we got to do something different <laughs> with him, right? Make him a robot. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, make him a robot. That sounds cool. Yeah, this, this is what I meant when I said earlier when I was talking about how the movies just get more grand. Like, we zoom out even farther. I mentioned to you earlier that I, I, had, I had started playing... World of Warcraft uh, classic and and this the trilogy of these movies follows kind of that path you start out a lowly adventurer and at the end of World of Warcraft you know now you're planet hopping <laughs> yeah. in a spaceship and you're yeah. fighting demons that you know you know whatever it doesn't matter and that's what they're doing they time traveled already the stakes are getting higher and higher and higher we have a whole backstory of chai <laughs> and how like she, this this long lineage of ninjawas you know, it's a whole thing. It's great. I love it. It starts off with him like, we're going to bring booze back to the people because <laughs> LWE's dad took a dirt nap and left him Don's Liquor Mart. And now no <laughs> one gets drunk unless LWE says so. People are going straight edge right in the street, turning to meth and shit. And without no drunks, there ain't no bums. And with no bums, there ain't no one to feed the ducks in the park. And how am I supposed to get my head straight if there ain't no ducks in the park? Uh, the movie, the first movie is very much like it's steep in that parody. And the second one dives into the mysticism a bit, right? Because K- AK-47, the the villain, the antagonist, I guess, from that movie is a soul collector. He collects your soul and your souls. Uh, he takes your soul and then steals your shoes. It's rude. He can't take Jatro's soul for whatever reason. So he just steals his boots, his beat, beat boots. And then the next movie, there's time travel, like traveling through beat pods. Uh, they got beat nucks. They're just like diving off the deep end pretty hard yeah it's awesome i I love it how do you feel about the announcers (laughs) i've mixed feelings but i want to hear what you think jaytro's power comes from his dancing like what makes jaycho a great beater is that like you know he can dance really well it's because you dance with your mind not with your feet like since we can't like what is he gonna like ddr like an entire line of people or uh, yeah. BBR, an entire line of people, the un, the undrunks, like they'd clearly be better because they're not intoxicated. So their hand-eye coordination is significantly increased. How dare you? So we got to definitely play more into the game aspect. I don't hate the announcers, mainly because like if you wanted to play it off like a show, how come the the characters don't really acknowledge it? Yeah. Did they even tell us why they're they're traveling to Baco? Maybe I missed it. They are chasing AK-47 and LWE because LWE is going to start the end of the world. Okay. Well, I think they're just chasing them because they're escaping from Baco. And then they find out along the way from the green booze people or whatever <laughs> that, you know, their true intentions or what have you. Yeah. Right. But like, if you're going to have it like a show, you should have just made it a show. Like the running well, maybe. man. Like, maybe. Yeah. hey, Baco is this prison but we actually have a game and you can escape. Like we'll let you go if you can actually manage to escape Bucko. Yeah. Maybe that was the plan the entire time and they had already filmed the announcer sequences. So they just kept them in and just didn't really, they just kind of hand waved it. Mm. And when I mean hand wave, like never address it. <laughs> There's just announcers. I get the feeling that they added the announcers when they had to cut some of the movie because they were 
because of the pandemic and they're doing everything on a green screen, or more or less, because the, the announcers really fill in some of the exposition. And so I feel like you take each of those 30 second announcer scenes, turn it into a one or two minute, maybe even longer exposition kind of plot scene, and you get closer to an 80, 85 minute long movie, closer to that, that normal, what we would call a normal feature length film length. So I, that's the kind of the impression I get is that they were thought up of afterwards. Yeah. Sometime, like sometime after they started filming, but it is very different from the first two movies because the first two movies don't have that. They don't have narrators. Maybe beginning and end, somebody might read something or whatever. But they don't really have narration in the middle of the film. Yeah, and they come out of nowhere and shocked me when they come on screen. I'm like, oh, what, what? More than anything else, I think. By the time I get to the third movie, yeah, I don't know what happened after the first time I watched it. First time and a half I watched it. I've shared the story about the first time I was supposed to see this movie before. You can go listen to the old podcast episodes and figure it out. But this movie, the only thing that I went, what? Was the announcers. Everything else I was like, yep. Yeah, beat pause. Beat Nux. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean when they're showing the opposite? Like when Jaytro or Chai T or Chai Tro is punching somebody with the beat Nux and it's doing the combo screen and the numbers on it. And then it turns around and shows it from the other person's point of view. While everything's backwards. Yeah. yeah that makes perfect sense. The sure. announcers kind of, they, they caught me off guard. This most recent watch through, they do give a different vibe. Like watching all three movies back to back. Those announcers definitely set it apart more so than a lot of the other parts of the film. Well, I mean, like KCDC filled that role in the first movie as the MC. True. And then in the second one, there were several MCs, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've seen the second There's one. There's been a few. I think I think KCDC is still part of it, but Chai T fills in some gaps. Yeah. As well. But then in the third one, like I said, I just I don't understand their purpose. I don't dislike them. They just are there. <laughs> yeah. They're just they're, what's they're, most different. It's an in-movie cutscene. Does it remind you a bit of kind of the vignettes in All Superheroes Must Die? Like the comic book type bits from the second one or the flashbacks in the first one? I mean, a little bit, but like there was actual like character interaction within those scenes mm. where this is just two characters that have nothing else to do with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to the camera. Yeah, you're right. It's a bit different. All right, man. If you could only watch one FP movie for the rest of your life, which one would it be? I think it's still the first one. You think it's still the first one? I really do. Okay. I think the FP is a classic independent film. Uh, you've already discussed the uh, issues that it has, possible inappropriate features. But, um, you know, you only get one first impression. And if the first time I ever see any one of your movies... And it impresses me to the degree that I use it as a gate <laughs> for entry into like the inner circles of my life. What a great first impression. The second one I think is really good. I think they expanded a lot on the, the lore and I really enjoy that. The second one is I think is too visually busy for me. Mm, like okay. especially in a lot of the tent scenes or like the actual battling sequences. Like I think it's just a lot. There's a lot going on. The third one, you know, it's... It's a lot of fun. It's just, unfortunately, it's just not as good as the first one, but it's it's great in its own special, like, it sounds condescending, but it's great. Like, I love FP3. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hysterical. I laughed constantly. There's a whole bunch of, like, meta references you don't get unless you pay attention. As a villain, LWE is like, he's on my top 10 list of all-time villains. Like, the FP era LWE, I think, is probably the greatest villain <laughs> I think I've ever seen, like, in an independent movie. Like Atro, eh. I think he was. I think Atro was better when he was AK forty seven. I I almost agree with you 
100%. I think I'm like 80% of the way there. I think Beats of Rage is my favorite, but I love the whole journey through the wastes blood sport. When he meets up with Nitro, uh, his father, uh, played by one, was it Brew Miller? Yeah, Brew Miller. Not Muller, Fairmere. Not, Not Fairmere. You have your mother's eye, Jatro. <laughs> best line out of the entire, all the movies. I don't care. It's one of the best lines, funniest lines of, of any movie I've ever seen. It is so well written, so well done. I like a lot of things about Beats of Rage. That being said, you're right. If I had to pick one, I think the first movie is definitely a standalone film. I've seen, I don't remember if it was on Facebook or Twitter, but somewhere on social media where Jason Trask, like talking about the FP movies, he called the FP kind of like The Hobbit. And FP 2, 3, and 4 are kind of like Lord of the Rings. They're separate things. You don't need to watch one to get the rest of them. And I think that's very true. FP 3, I feel, is the first movie out of the FP. I don't. I keep wanting to call it a trilogy, but it's not really a trilogy because there's a the fourth FP, one coming. The FPCU. Yeah, the FPCU. That relies on you having, having watched the previous movie. And I think that, that knocks it down just the teeniest bit on my list. However... Depending on how the how FP four <laughs> how FP four evs comes out, like the, some, a lot of times the middle part of a trilogy is the best part. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing how it all kind of comes together at the end. Speaking of FP four, of which we know nothing except for it's called FP four evs evz predictions thoughts. Go for it. They have to fight an invasion, right? I guess so. Yeah. So spoilers for the end of the movie. If you didn't watch the end credit scene, how dare you? <laughs> there's a, a duck that picks up LWE's grill. So maybe there's going to be some duck on duck faction fighting. Oh, duck on duck violence. I don't know like if anyone's ever thought of this before, but a group of ducks called the mighty ducks. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're called the fighty ducks, the slightly ducks. No, I'm too drunk really for this. Worry. No, but I, I do think there will be some more duck ducksage. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So that's my prediction. Do you think that was LEF? I'm pretty sure. Does he not say, don't worry, Pops, I'll finish what you started? I think so. I think he says that. Maybe he's just wearing a mask. Maybe it's just a mask. Yeah. I'll, yeah. yeah that's why my impression was he was just a dude wearing a duck mask. <laughs> so do you think that's LEF? Yeah. The next in line, right? Yeah. I think so. How do the LDB, the robots, so how, like... How do they like reproduce? <laughs> or they build like... another one. Who knows, man? Or some or some uh, master puppeteer. The original L is making them somewhere, you know, mm. in Fresno or San Why Diego Fresno? or something. I don't know because <laughs> Fresno's a, a little bit more north. Oh. from Baco, so I don't know the Fres. The Fres. Sure, why not? But okay, my my next question is: Do you pronounce it Lef or Leaf? How do you give him, if it is LEF, like how do you give his name? Lif. Lif. Oh, you think Lif. he's gonna fucking he's, he's, he's French. Like an obnoxious accent? Yeah. Lif. I'm Lif. Lif. <laughs> That's, That's my good. Idea. That's really good. That's fantastic. Do you think Casey DC makes it to the end of the movie? Yes. All right, we got five, six main characters, right? You got Jatro, Chai Chi, Nitro, Chitro, Casey DC, and I guess now Atro. Which of them will not make it to the end of FP four Evs? Atro. You think Atro's out? Atro or Nitro? One or one or both? Yeah, I think so. You don't think Jatro goes out? No. Why? He's the main character. I mean, I really feel like Chitro is the main character of this last movie. I feel like there was a very like obvious and significant passing of the torch. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Atro or Nitro? Yeah. 
Okay. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll all maybe you. all the tros. It's a tro wipeout. It's just they all just try T standing there with Gacy yeah. DC going. What? Yeah, she, she well no she no she goes crazy and kills all of them and then they freeze her and then in a thousand years they wake her up because underworld awakening. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> No, nice. that's the nice. the L, the L E bots are taking over. The L E bots. All right. Two more questions, Christopher. Who is Kelsey Grammer? I mean, it's very difficult for him to be in this movie. By the way, uh I we didn't even really talk about so the scene when they're finding out all the stuff about LWE and whatever in the comet. You were talking to the giant tree. Stuff. Yeah, like so that's just like a straight up reference to Darksiders. You ever played Darksiders? It is kind of a reference to Darksiders. I thought it was more a reference to Ocarina of Time because he's a giant tree who gives exposition. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's fair. He's just a giant Deku tree that produces booze instead of Deku nuts. He's like a better version of the Deku tree. <laughs> well, I just like the the voice, like the whole... Oh, yeah, yeah. sure, 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 sure. That's what I felt. Yeah. It also sounded like the voice of the person who was like the Cave of Wonders from the Aladdin movie. That's what I think. Hmm. Okay, I could, I could, I can get behind that. I say all that to say that you probably just replaced the tree with Kelsey Grammer. That's where I was at, a hundred percent. Is you replace the tree with Kelsey Grammer? Like he can even be a tree. He can be like him in like tree makeup. <laughs> I was like in like in Pocahontas, you know, in like Grandmother Willow. Like that's it, instead of it's like it's a wow. tree with like Kelsey Grammer's face, and then they approach, and he goes like, <laughs> he like wakes up and starts talking to him. I saw Pocahontas once in the nineties. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Um, I was going to say he replaces the tree, but he does it and he's like a giant projection a la the wizard from Wizard of Oz. So mm. he's in a beat beat outfit and then Jawa outfit of sorts, but he's huge and he's got, they got the smoke still. Like it's the, still the same where they're talking up to the giant thing, but it's obviously Kelsey Grammer. Okay. And you still modulate his voice because why not? Sure. I could get behind that. I'm down. Okay. Awesome. I'm down with it. I already said who the idiot of the movie was from my point of view, and you didn't agree, so I'm going to hand it to you. Who's the idiot of the movie? Is it controversial to say the idiot of the movie is the guy who sold the bats from the lab in Wuhan to some guy who uh, ate them and then passed on coronavirus? I feel because like I fe- I'm going to I'm going to disagree hard. That person ruined the Jetro cut. Um <laughs> I don't think that's the thing is like, yeah, this movie would have been very different, but we still would have got from point A to point B. And yeah, I think the challenge, like, like there's, I'm sorry. Now you got me on a rant. So it's happening. It's okay. Restricting your your career. It's, it's our podcast. (laughs) Restricting your creative ability in some way, having constraints a lot of times makes you better. And so there's no guarantee that while yes, without coronavirus, without some idiot eating an undercooked bat or whatever it was, without the government creating, a, I don't know. I Allegedly. I'm pretty sure it was the bat. Without, no, in all seriousness, it was it was totally the bat. It was not like manufactured at all. It is the stance of this podcast that it was not manufactured. Yes, the movie would have been different. There is no guarantee that would have been better. And so I am grateful for what we got. I am beyond impressed with what he was able to pull off. So I disagree pretty hard. With you saying that, That's I mean, fair. yeah, that person's a freaking idiot, and <laughs> and and all. But as far as this movie is concerned, I disagree for very sure. Hard, yeah. I mean, it would have to be it had to be Atro. Yeah, he redeems himself at the end or whatever. Yeah. But like, you're working for a guy who's like actively trying to destroy the world. Like, this is always my biggest problem with Hinch's. 
is like, especially for like a monolithic evil situation. Like, yeah, I get that. Like when Sauron, you know, takes over middle earth and he like reforges it in his image, like, and you're an orc and you're trying to get revenge on the elves that wronged you. Like totes, totes makes sense, totes. right? Like I, I get it. But if you're a dude working for, you know, a guy who wants to blow up the planet, yeah, you get your revenge, but then you don't have a planet anymore. It just doesn't make sense to me, like that, like the idea of someone being a henchman for someone who's going to remove the location in which they live in literature or in in, in any sort of creative canon, whatever. That character I've always hated. So sure. yeah, I, my vote goes to Atro. All right, I didn't listen to half of what you were saying. Fair enough. Jatro is listening. And okay, he is not in chat, so I didn't notice it at first because I don't have Twitter up normally. Uh, but I had some notifications. And I was like, what is this? He is totes tweeting at us. So let me... Uh... Oh. Yeah. So he says, listening along, not only were the announcers there since the very first draft, they were our very first day of shooting. Okay. I was very wrong about the announcers. I thought they were kind of added in padding, but no, it's their unique kind of flavor for FP3. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, and I'm quoting this. This is not me making this up right now. Okay, Chris? Look at me in okay. the eyes, Chris. I'm not making this up. It says, I agree with Anthony. COVID made FP3 slash 4 much bigger and better IMO. All right. Uh, Loving your prediction slash speculation for FP4. Peeps got (gasps) no idea. Peeps got no idea what's coming up in here. All right. Yeah. I probably don't have any idea. I'm assuming the undead will be there. I still have money on Jatro. The undrunk. Did I say undead? Yeah, the undead. Yeah. Totally not undead. Totally not undead in any way. They're not related in any way. They're not quite stone cold sober. They're just the undrunk. Oh, he also says, well done on the Deku Tree reference. Default was also a giant wooden booze bottle. Obvi. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's so many things that are booze bottles in this movie. (laughs) Tell me, okay, so you build a prison around Bakersfield, California. Okay. Somehow, AK-47 and LWE end up in the same block, maybe even the same cell. I don't know, man. Stretching my suspension of disbelief right there, buddy. Well, I mean, isn't like the... (laughs) When did LWE end up in Baco? That's my question. That's like, true. Like, he just yeah. runs off into the waste at the end of FP. What we now know is the wastes at yeah. the end of uh, the FP. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. Was he already there, or does he just go in and break out a tro? Maybe. AK 47. Maybe. And maybe that's what makes AK 47 join him, right? He's like, that's, oh, you got yeah. me out of prison. You're my, you freed me from my bondage. Yeah. You know, now I'm going to, you know, help you destroy the planet. <laughs> <laughs> what I want is a KCDC Atro Buddy Cop television series, mini series that takes place in the time lapse between Atro joining them at the beginning slash end of FP3 up until Chitro's 18th birthday. Like in the in between time, KCDC slash Atro Buddy Cop mini series. Five minute long webisodes. Give it to me. I don't need any of the main characters, just them two. I'm in. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yes. I'm just, I mean, Jason Tross has talked about, well, I say he's talked about, he's teased about post-FP4 projects. He's talked about having his own streaming service with smaller things. I'm in. If he's going to do any sort of FP spinoffs, that's what yeah. I want. I don't want a prequel prequel with like Beatro back in the day. You know what I mean? Like the rise of the 248. Or I, don't, I don't need any of that. I want KCDC, Atro, Buddy Cop webisodes what about like it's like cheers but it's the the pub that nitro it's the foundation 
Well, like you, you, like in this in the in the third one when they're like all hanging out for the birthday party. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Like that that little spot. Maybe it's like a show like Cheers, where like Nitro's the bartender, like slash owner. It's a bunch of side characters just talking about the main plot. Like, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they all just like they're all doing like the weird tricks or whatever. Like, hey, I bet you I can. Yeah. I can drink this drink before you see me do it or whatever. Uh, but, you know, yeah. KCDC and Atro will just show up. That's what I'm ready for. Yeah. That's what I want to see. All right. Look, we got to we're, we're pretty close to wrapping this up. JTRO says, I agree. Fuck prequels. I'm in. <laughs> all right. Overall, we all know if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, we love Jason Trost movies. We're, we're bought in on the FP. I think we both voted pretty hard for how to save us uh, sequels. Whatever he makes next, we'll be in, and you'll hear about it on this podcast. If he's doing another Indiegogo-type crowdfunding campaign, you'll hear about it here. We'll post it on social media, on Twitter, at SciFiWiseGuys. Uh, you can also follow JTRO on Twitter, at TheJTRO, T-H-E-J-T-R-O. Go and support indie filmmakers. If this isn't your thing, support indie filmmakers. Yes. I bought this movie. I bought the. I bought it on Vimeo. Yeah. Uh, and we talked earlier about how the copy you have didn't have subtitles, but the version oh, I watched did have didn't subtitles. didn't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I own, because I got a digital copy of the film, which does not have subtitles. My Blu-ray copy does not have subtitles, but the copy on Vimeo does have subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. I, se- I sent you one. That's really funny. <laughs> you don't have yeah. to show it, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The very end. So the post credit scene, parentheses. Oh, shit. There's another scene? <laughs> Question mark, exclamation point. Close parentheses. Hell yeah. The beginning of FP2 starts with the warning, the three drink minimum, and it says, open parentheses, take a drink, close parentheses. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. So I I don't know uh, what the the whole situation is with the the subtitles in the third movie. My my Blu-rays of the FP and Beats of Rage both had subtitles, but the subtitles in FP2 were different. I know when you watched the film, I believe on his YouTube channel back in the day, I know you can get it on Prime Video and on uh, Vimeo, had different subtitles at that point. Um, so there's there's something going on there. We'll, if we figure it out, we'll post about it. Okay. But no, the, all of the other movies did have, and obviously you got the digital copy and did have it. So if you are someone who needs to watch films with subtitles, that's the, that's the way to do it. Is B-Roll our FP team name? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Am I B in your role or are you B and I'm role? Uh, they just think we'd be rolling. Fair enough. I said it. <laughs> Next year, if if we are able to do another JTRO July. Yeah. Or we just do JTRO July anyways, uh, and then we just talk about the FP again because it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. Maybe we have FPCU characters. Oh, you want us like, to cosplay? <laughs> yeah. 100%. For the entire, for the entire episode. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I mean, I yeah. wore my shirt on purpose. You know, I wanted to represent. You, you Maybe, look how worn out this is. I have worn this shirt as often <laughs> as possible. It's not even been a year. Maybe we do an FP, like maybe do a podcast within the F, FP cinematic universe. Like it's real oh, meta. Oh, like meta. Yo, shit, man. I was there. Uh, <laughs> when that mo sucking fool LWE fell on his ass <laughs> and we chased his ass out of the FP, sucker. What was LWE's Lynch, Lynch, Hinch people's name? I remember the one, Shug. I remember oh. Shug. What was the other, uh, the other? Hinch it was. It was. Name? I remember it being like really funny in context. Let's see. The in context, yeah. Sure. Beatbox Busta Bill. That's right. We can. We can. The do other a one is a interview with Beast, Beatbox Busta Bill. Yeah. 
Oh man, I remember like I remember when I saw Jason DeBello in this movie, and I was like, "Oh man, that guy was in American Pie." <laughs> James like, oh, DeBello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did yeah, I say? Yeah. Jason. Oh yeah, no, James DeBello. He's also in the Fan. No, I, I've seen a lot of things with this guy in it. Scary Movie Two. I shared a link to the FP recently uh, to a coworker, and they were like, "Oh, Clifton Collins Jr. is in this movie. I'll have to check it out." <laughs> and I was like, "Who? Who are you talking about?" And rewatching it yesterday, CCJ. Like, oh yeah, he's the guy who tries to sell them the meth pills or something in the first movie. Pretty we got that. Pretty dumb. I got I got that black dick. Black. Um, <laughs> KCDC's face when he says that. Uh, who was it? Oh, man. What's his face? <sighs> Stacy's dad. Sean Whalen. Yeah, Sean Whalen was also in this movie. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is anyone going to buy me a drink? <laughs> Sean Whalen is a national treasure. 100%. Wow. Oh, Just man. amazing. All right. Now we're, now we're fangirling again. Okay. Fair we're enough. We're back in the weeds. We'll be back on Monday talking about wet and reckless <laughs> parody satire film on reality television in which jason trost plays a character called the lobo, <laughs> the lobo. not science fiction but it's J. Cho july we're gonna have some fun with it we're watching it over the weekend we're gonna have a, ourselves a, a good old time and we'll be back to talk about it uh yeah. i say on monday we'll be back to talk about it on stream on monday it'll be releasing this thursday if you're listening to the podcast it's not science fiction, like Anthony said, but we do this podcast for the people. We decided to do one for ourselves. If you liked what you heard, head on over to your social media platform of choice. Go ahead and follow us, like us on all of our social media. If you choose to do so at Sci-Fi Wise Guys, we no longer have a Facebook because it's bad for you and you should deactivate your account. You can email us any suggestions you have for movies that we should watch. Let us find another auteur renaissance man so we can watch all of his movies. <laughs> Yeah. Send those suggestions to sci-fiwiseguys at gmail.com. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And just remember, we roll together. We die together. <laughs> for reals. <So. laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. says luv you guys that was a great listen thanks for the shout outs yo <gasps> that's awesome rad